also a black girl brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And we are excited to talk to y'all today. Sabria, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just got one of my birthday outfits. Um, I forgot we not on camera. I was about to say I was looking for something to show y'all, but I never will show y'all. Um, <laughs> guess you'll have to see it during the birthday. <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, I am feeling excited. I'm feeling wow. Even though I had two of the craziest days back to back. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still on top. <laughs> Sorry. Um. That's funny that you were just talking about High School Musical and then you started singing. I know. I really was. I was in my Disney bag the other day. I was listening to so old. I'm like, yo, Disney like music is so good. Like I was listening to the Moana soundtrack. I'm oh, like, Jesus. yo, this shit is so good. And then I was listening to High School Musical and I'm like just giggling at the. I was just talking about the song I Don't Dance when like <laughs> it was baseball. I think it was baseball. They were talking about baseball and like dancing and like um. The what's the the mixed Corbin boy? Blue. I forgot his name. Yeah, you know, Corbin I'm gonna always remember his name to the end of Corbin time. Blue. I said that's Corbin really Blue. Coolest, that's definitely a cool ass name. But Corbin Blue was like talking about how he don't dance. He just want to play baseball. He was like, I want to play ball. That's that's all. I'm like, this shit is so corny. Like, think about that. I'm like, this is hilarious. The whole time like, he was dancing I, though. <laughs> the whole time he was dancing, saying, like, I, don't "I don't dance." dance. <laughs> Shucking and jiving, moving all across the field. He was dancing hard as shit. But That's like, a funny word. I sorry, y'all. Um, sorry, I felt like a dog. I said, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but I still love High School Musical. Like, shout out to Kenny Ortega. Like, yeah. um, also, real ones know the second one is the better than the first. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I'm sorry about that, y'all. Fun fact, I am using my little brother's uh, MacBook right now to record. And apparently he's very popular because everybody keep hitting him up. And his computer dings whenever someone calls his phone. Like, y'all, oh, yeah. I, we busy right now. I'm cracking up. Yeah, I took mine off, but now I don't know how to put it back on. <laughs> I need to do that now. Cause I'm just oh, like, all right. Pop you. It's my mom. It's my mom. Like, hi, Brian. Are you feeling okay? Leave. Go upstairs and talk to him. What? Now she's just being funny, but I know she don't know what's happening, what's transpiring. You can go to the text messages and shut it off. I'm trying, but yeah, y'all bear but, with me. Um, y'all gonna hear a few dinging, dingings. This is a black girl, but you gonna always count on us to be real. Dogs barking, computers <laughs> dinging. We got it all, baby. Yes, like um, please. Yeah, you can go to messages, service preferences, and there should be something in there. Not us doing this loud. Okay. <laughs> I know it's somebody that's really good at technology. Like, no, that's the wrong thing. <laughs> and it definitely, I'm starting to look at it, and I'm like, yeah, I think that is the wrong thing. Yeah, the it's thing okay. is, I'll Apple, figure it out. Apple is easy to use, but sometimes it's not. Do what you will with the information. It's <laughs> sorry. Yo, oh, there's a lot to... going on over here. My mom just texted me and said, I want a snack with two angry faces. What am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> I'm crying. I'm hollering. Um I said podcasting. Please stop texting and calling Brian. <laughs> Sorry. 
why is everybody embarrassing me tonight? Oh my god, she said I want a snack with me. <laughs> like what? I didn't do anything. Go get one. Oh my god. Oh. Also, my mom's on a very strict diet right now, so I'm like, you're not getting one. That's the funny part. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> but yeah, I've been good. <laughs> I've been really good. Like. You have like every time people ask me for updates, I'm like nothing's going on. Everything's just chilling. Like I've just been taking it day by day. I was kind of sad, but then you know what I really like? Outside. Yeah, outside really this it gives you what you need. What, what you need? What you need? What, 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 what you need? Yeah. So sorry. I'm having uh, a moment. I'm just trying to tell everybody to shut it down. Okay, so let's just get into the mothers, <laughs> huh? Maybe I can, like, stop being interrupted by my whole household. Um, for our fave four this week, we're going to do our four favorite mothers. I guess that's how I'll put it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, they don't have to be literal mothers, but I actually put literal mothers. I think everybody <laughs> on my list is a literal mother <laughs> I but we'll say literal mother um so jumping out the gate no surprise peg bundy was she a terrible mother absolutely but she meant well and it was the 90s or late 80s early 90s um i'm always gonna love peg bundy and i'm never gonna stop loving peg bundy um she was and she deserved better her husband was very mean to her but she was just a fun lady um, the next one is Aunt Viv, but to clarify, I mean, Janet Louise Herbert, who, who, dark skin, Aunt dark Viv. skin, Aunt Viv, that's who I mean. That one, um, I don't know about that other lady, and I'm not, and you know, she smart, didn't even do I nothing, really don't. she didn't do nothing, that's but the that's thing. the thing, she, she did nothing. nothing, like, the, it's exactly. like people don't just dislike light skin Aunt Viv because she likes it, it's just that one. To bring in a new woman who looked nothing like her, which I mean, I can see how that would have been disrespectful too. But to bring in like her and just have her be so underwhelming, it's like y'all set that woman up. So, uh, like, you think we were supposed to forget that I Viv did that dance? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Come on. Um, I didn't forget that. Um, also, like, just realized that we were watching reruns of The Fresh Prince. Um, it was not. <laughs> we were, uh, yeah, we was watching reruns. I just realized that it's a lot. Sidebar. It's a lot of shows that I realized that did not come out when I was born. Like I thought the Bernstein Bears came out in the nineties or early two thousands. Whole it time these niggas was in this. No, it's, it's from the sixties. I thought the books was from the sixties. That creeped me out that the actual animation was from then. Yeah, I think the actual animation is from the sixties. I didn't know the books was from the sixties though. Oh my god! I thought the whole crew as a whole, everything was from the nineties. What the hell? Yeah, right. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, because it is. I was watching something on YouTube and so I was like, "Oh, like talk to his mom." He was like, "Yeah, you grew up with the Bernstein Bears," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Wait, I grew up with the Bernstein Bears." Yeah, fuck my whole mind up. I have no <laughs> sense of time. But um, <laughs> sorry, not fuck one. my whole mind. <laughs> Because he's thinking you grew up with something and you technically didn't. Like the French Prince, we technically did not grow up with the French Prince. 
Those were reruns. I know, I know. Just like Full House. I thought I grew up. That's where it started. That's where my identity crisis started because I put Full House on TV at work. And I'm watching it and I'm like, technically, I didn't grow up watching Full House. The show was off the air by the time we started watching it. Like, same with Saved by the Bell. Like, the thing is, I did have an understanding with Saved by the Bell that that was off air. But how was that part of my upbringing? (laughs) Shut up. I did. did. Like, I thought I Love Lucy was still on. But... (laughs) Sabrina, come on. I don't know. You know what's crazy? crazy? The only sitcoms that really was real time with us was like the George Lopez show, My Wife and Kids. And I felt like like, those were like, I was like starting to like, all right, I'm jumping off. I'm jumping off the wagon. (laughs) Yeah, but that's technically what we grew up with. Yeah, that was our time. You live with your grandma or you went over a house a lot. (laughs) Like you have no concept of time. And that's what it is. Like I lived with my grandma for a significant amount of time when I was a kid. And um, that's why I have no concept of what I grew up with, with some stuff. I'm like, because for real, for real, I barely grew up with the Rugrats. That freaks me out too. Um, Damn. But anywho, something I did grow up with, Linda from Bob's Burgers. I <laughs> love that woman down. Okay. She is so like, funny. She's so funny. I just love women who don't care that they're annoying. She, and guess um, what? Her man love her. And he love it. And that's what, like, when I'm thinking about, I'm like, that's what I want. Because I know that I can be a very annoying person. Because, like, especially with holidays. <laughs> Not very oh annoying. My, I, when it comes to holidays, I'm going to be so annoying. Like, if y'all, I can't wait till y'all see the birthday sash that I ordered. Like, I am, I'm like, I'm that person. I'm going to be like, I'm either all in or I'm not in it at all. So the that's how she is. And I really identify with her because she's so annoying. Like, like when, um, they wanted her to take down the Christmas tree. Um, no, she put up the Christmas tree like early and they were like, it's the day after Thanksgiving or something like that. Like, <laughs> did not give a fuck. Okay. I'm like, she queen. was right. That's a queen. She Exactly. Last but not least. This woman don't know who am I style, who I would be without her today. Lily Munster. That is my overall probably favorite mother. Um, I have a Lily Munster tattoo. Like, I love Lily Munster so much. That is probably one of the TV moms that her and like, I mean, I didn't put uh, Lucille Ball on here, but them two are like um the most that I probably would oh and Peg Bundy three. Those are my big three that I identify with the most, especially Lily Munster because she was very creepy but didn't realize that she was creepy and her husband was a monster <laughs> and everything was just like normal. Like it was just she didn't she just had no understanding of like that oh some people are human and some people are monsters like she just was like and how her and Herman I know that uh people think that probably think that I am more an Adams Family fan than I am Munsters I love the Adams Family no disrespect but the Munsters I really like the most probably I'm biased because her Herman Munster was based on the Frankenstein's monster so Lily Munster is like my overall favorite TV mother. Um, again, no concept of what I grew up with because I did watch the monsters when I was a kid. Mind you, that show was off the air, um, probably when my parents were, 
my parents were like uh in middle school so yeah no concept of time mind you the show was in black and white um but yeah those are my mothers you like my favorite tv show is leave it to beaver (laughs) (laughs) that's really i'm like yeah definitely grew up with leave it to beaver like did not grow up with leave it to beaver i'm like i have a lot of evaluating to do i'm like yo (laughs) i just realized it's a lot of stuff that i thought i grew up with but i didn't because technically i'm not even a 90s kid i'm a 2000s kid because i was a kid in 2000 yeah it's it's funny because just because you was born in the 90s like you barely can remember anything that you watched in the 90s don't i don't know why i remember living single a lot you know what's funny i'm actually because i my um light is out it's still out um i use my tv to light up so i have youtube up and it's this guy prince hood cinema who like reviews tv and um like black tv and um film and his latest video is called iman you gonna think it's so funny it's called the erotic adventures of overton and it's about (laughs) oh no that's a freak No, but if you watch his videos, he's very funny. And it's a living single, Overton smashes TLC. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. Now, I do remember when he was obsessed with them in that one episode, but geez. That is so creepy. (laughs) The erotic adventures of Overton is so funny. Like, come on. Oh, my God. You can't be that freaked out. Yeah, I remember um, a lot of living single, too. Technically, we did not grow up with it. I'm like, getting older is realizing that, am I that? I'm not even as old as I think I am. Same, girl. I just, I get so confused. All right. Let's get into these mothers, shall we? Yes, girl. So So the first one is Monique. And not precious. Uh, and the Parkers as Nikki Parker. I just feel like I really identified with her and Kim's relationship and how, like, she was able to be herself with her daughter, but still also maintain authority, if you know what I mean. And I feel like that's really yes. how my relationship with my mom is. Like, Yes, we besties. Yes, I know about my mom's like love life. Yes, I know if my mom's having a party or if I'm having a party, my mom is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yes, so we have this closeness. But also there's a bit of fear, (laughs) healthy fear. That's like, all right, I know not to cross this line. Or if my mom tell me to do something, like, go ahead, do it. I'm going to do it. Yep, same. And Kim never played with her. She never got smart with her mom. She never got smart with her mom. And if she did, she would run it high. I'm she sorry, mama. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's really hot to be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, like, the moments where... Ugh, never forget. Kim, sing mama's favorite song. <laughs> and Kim gets up there was like, shake your booty. She's like, not that one. <laughs> That was like one, in my opinion, gold. That is comedy gold. It was just they got into so many shenanigans together. Like so the haunted house, uh, the, the Halloween episode, because Ken's birthday was on Halloween. I always remember mm-hmm. that. Um, the like joining sororities together, being in fashion shows together, selling what is it, Madame Cleopatra together. Like, <laughs> Trying to graduate school together, time traveling together. Like, it just was so many shenanigans that they got into. Like, what an iconic mother daughter duo. Like, can we please bring back the Parkers? Like, that's my 
favorite show. I'm gonna watch that tonight. That show was so I love funny. the Parkers and I love Nikki Parker. Like I feel like another way that I tr- uh that I judge like TV moms is what I feel comfortable being babysit by them as a child. And that's feel- a good one. Nikki, you will be in her place as a kid. Will she be drinking Alize? Yes. Will you be meddling in the uh, professor's apartment with her? Yes. But will you be safe? Yes. Like, that's just how I feel. And the next person on my list is Lisa from Sister Sister. Yes. Jack A. What's her name? Jack A. Henry? Mm Mm-hmm. That's another person who I really identify with because, like, she, she set the rules she was very um fun, but also she was like, she knew when to be warm. Like she knew how to be like warm with Tia and Tamara. They knew not to play with her. And she never really had to get, she never really had to go there with them. That's the type Mm-mm. of mother I hope to be. Like I want to be able to like raise good kids without having to go there. You know what I mean? And I feel like moms, like TV moms like that was like representation for me. And also she was just funny like the little voices she made her always trying to go on a diet <laughs> but then eating stuff like her trying to get like uh something by lisa what's the name of her designs i forget lisa landry that's all i know <laughs> and also love her voice um she sounds like my stepmom low-key and like i just love high-pitched voices sassy always going on a date having your own life like i loved her so much next on the list a bit of a wild card here Lorelai Gilmore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so y'all know I love the Gilmore girls. Like, yes. But Lorelai, for her to be a teen mom, she really, really did what needed to be done. Like, she really turned it around for her child. She was going to make sure that Rory got that education. She was willing to do anything for her child to get that education. But here's the thing. I, I just thought Lorelai was cool. Like, she she would put the mom hat on when she had to. Because, you know, Rory would get a little out of hand from time to time. But what I really appreciated was, it was this one episode where Rory was messing with her ex-boyfriend who was married, right? So, then, because, you know, her man was married that she was messing with, his wife's mother came to confront Rory and essentially call her like a homewrecker in the town square. And Lorelai's like, you know what? Knock it off. It takes two to tango. I said, I know that's right. <laughs> she, what about say? She remember that post? <laughs> remember that tweet I sent you? And it was like, Lorelai Gilmore was beefing with the teen girls in the town for her daughter. She was. And <laughs> the only thing that she would be going too far with is like, she would just be way too in the know about her daughter business. <laughs> I'm like, wait, do she go, like, watching the show, I'm like, wait, do she go to the school? <laughs> she would be a bit, like, when she didn't know if she trusted her boyfriend, I mean, her daughter's first boyfriend, Dean, that's who she was cheating with. She was creeping with Dean. She would, like, show up at the store, and she would be like, you know, I'm watching you. Just don't hurt her. And here's my thing. I know that seems cute, but if I have a son, and I find out that the, the little girl's mom is, like, follow him, I'm a, next thing you know, I'm going to be following her. And I'm like, yeah, stop, no, stop doing it. Don't be making him feel that way because y- your daughter needs to watch it too. But you don't have a right to be creepy and to be a bully just because you have a daughter. Like, you don't. 
So yeah, right. I don't. Sometimes I don't like that, especially in older shows, because I have little brothers, and I picture. It, I always get funny when like women think that they can talk to my brothers anyway, because it's like, oh, your boys. It's like, do you know him? No, you don't. So yeah, yeah but right. anyway, outside of that, Lorelai was really, really great mother who did everything <laughs> possible for for her child and was fun and young and it's just like watching that show realizing she was 30 and being 30 myself like oh god can i picture myself with a 16 year old (laughs) like what yeah right oh my god but like i think that she she was the fun mom representation that like tv needed during the time uh next Mm -hmm. sophia from golden girls because like wow what a mother like she won yeah i always like how little sophia was but how (laughs) tall dorothy was i love that sophia did not hold back like she literally did not hold back on any of them like she would call blanche a whore she would call rose dumb (laughs) she would literally just say it she would literally just say it. I just she loved would. it. She, she also really didn't care. She also was um, what's his name? She also was uh always getting on Dorothy too, saying little smart things. Yeah, she just was the she real deal, a real New Yorker. And my favorite thing is when Dorothy like threatens her to go back to what's it called? Shady, shady, uh, maple shady. Wait, shady maple Brooks. shades. Shady Brooks? I think it's something like that. But she will always be like, do you want to go back? And she would just get real quiet. (laughs) (laughs) She hated that place. Also, like, the actress who plays Sophia is so great because um, the last episode where, like, Dorothy got married and they start splitting up, she just was staring at the wet and then she started crying. That always makes me so emotional. She just was looking so cute. I just love Sophia. So, okay, y'all. That's our favorite mothers. Just realize, I'm like, damn, we spent a long time on this. But we love mothers over here. Sabrina. <laughs> so, when we were them. saying, when I said favorite mothers, I switched mine last minutely. Because you, um, I was thinking that we was going to, you know how we, we'd be like, oh, she's kind of a mother. I thought we was going to go in that direction. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely going, I was going to do that, but I was like, I feel like I always say the same, pe- like, I know I was going to say Bjork, but I was like, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go the literal r- route. Yeah. I was like, Holly Berry, Wendy Williams. And I'm like, that would have been so weird. So I'm just going to not, <laughs> but next time, next time. So, all right, let's get into a toast for assist, shall we? So this week we're going to toast to Dominique Fishback. And if you don't know who that is, go watch Swarm. All right? I'll just say that. Yeah. Go watch Swarm. She plays Dre, the main character. And I always thank God when there's a different representation of black women on screen, even if they're batshit crazy. I get yeah, really I happy. I feel like we need bad shit crazy um, black women. Like, yeah, I hope we're nice entering that era. I hope we're entering that era. Like, I know we are, people have explored, like, the messy one. Like, Issa explored, like, the cheater. Molly, ex- <laughs> Molly was a definition of the toxic. And I'm like, but I want to... I want the, like, she's crazy. She's not okay. (laughs) Like, she's just doing anything. Yeah. Like, how, like, I love Harley Quinn. Like, um, what's her name? Like, Gone Girl. Like, stuff like that. Like, I would love, you know, something like that. 
Yeah, for sure. So shout out to her. And also, I just want to say shout out to Chloe Bailey because I really feel like she was very believable in her role. And I don't know if it's just because... Um, like, she played a character that was very close to her. But I'm like, yo, I really was... Bu it was like, yo, I hate this type of girl. Like, that's how I felt about Chloe. And I'm like, oh, that means she was acting really, really well. Like, she was just acting like... Oh, I can't explain it. I can't... Because I don't want to give up too much. Because I know certain where you're going to start watching it. But shout out to her. Because it was very believable. And also, Paris Jackson was... <laughs> 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 Why you said hmm? it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Star studded as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, Paris Jackson was in there, but she said something real funny. All right, this ain't a real big spoiler. She said something Iman, like, "No, wait, first Iman cannot help herself. She always <laughs> said, that's her favorite. Like, it's not a spoiler. I just gotta say, Iman." <laughs> <laughs> I wish that somebody could edit and compile her saying that, like, on her, because she always say that. She Even off the mic, she always say that. Well, go ahead. What no, I don't want to say it anymore. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into she dumb. No, i would be so busted. How do you make somebody feel like she... shit? They go, okay, yeah, go ahead and finish it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's fine. Y'all can all watch the show yourself and see what Paris Jackson said. And no, then try to piece it together and then decide if that's what I was going to say. That's what everyone can do. Eva, I'd be busting at the scenes. You're like, it's not a spoiler, but... <laughs> so, tea time, the well. Let's get into that since we both seen it. Um, this yeah, will be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be spoilers because we both saw it. This, um, first of all, holy shit. Um... <laughs> Sorry. I, I had to see because I'm like I I honestly I knew I was being jailed. Iman rented it and I was like I'm gonna rent it to it and I'm watching the I'm same night. I'm so happy night. you did it though because like I needed to talk about it immediately because it was it was like I love it. I say okay. I literally just said it about Swarm. I love a story that you never seen before. I probably say this every week when you don't know where it's going. That's something good. And I'm like, yes, thank fucking God. We're tired of the misunderstood skinny white woman. Like we're tired. <laughs> we don't care no more. We don't, we don't care no more. Like give her some depth or keep it on the playground. Right. So now yeah. we get in this story of a morbidly obese re recluse and the entire movie was in the apartment so it's like to feel like you're on such a big whirlwind and you don't know where things are going but it's all in the same place it kind of is like the menu where it's like this is where you just have to have a very strong story and brendan frazier it's like I have like a, like, you know how it just be random people that you just like have a affinity for, or you're just like, I really just like this person. I, I like, I like them, even though like, I don't hear from them often, even though they're not in a lot of things because of Georgia, the jungle, when I was a kid, that was one of my favorite movies. I feel like he had this like boyish charm that was so friendly and warm back in the day. So to see him like bring this character to life, it was just like, he, let's just say he deserved that Oscar yeah um what was I about to say it was based the movie was based on a play um so that definitely that. Uh, had a probably had a lot to do with um it being in one setting well also he was more obese and like when people are usually that 
um massive they only can be in one place um so it made sense uh but yeah that movie was like i so everybody knows i'm obsessed with letterbox (laughs) um so that I have not felt uncomfortable in a while mm. um, watching a movie, so it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, and everybody might not follow me on Letterbox, so I wrote, I'm going to read what I put on Letterbox. So okay. I said that I haven't felt, <laughs> I said I haven't felt uncomfortable um, watching a movie in a while. Um, the main character, his name was Charlie. Um, I really liked, I'm just like summarizing what I said, but um, I really like that Charlie was an academic. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that people often associate morbid obesity with lack of intelligence, but he was very aware of why he was the way he was and how he got there. Um, I also liked how in love with honesty he was. I just was very saddened by this film because it was very raw and realistic. I mean, aside from the ending, which was very memeable. Um but yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, I that was that's what really stuck out to me mm. is the fact that he was morbidly obese, but he was also an academic because I feel like in society we feel like um something like that can't happen to somebody who is as smart as he was mm-hmm. or who is like academically motivated because it's like, well, you know, if this happens, this happens, this happens. But like some people don't even you know there's different levels to being smart like yeah. he didn't real. i guess he it never occurred to him that like this life can lead to congestive heart failure and um he was broken he was broken yeah. like i think how you what you mentioned about like the like people people who are like obese are only portrayed on my 600 pound life the morbidly obese, like as big as Charlie, they're only portrayed yeah. in that, like their weight loss journey. And I feel like that's their story is how they going to get rid of it. Like it's how, how can they make us laugh with something that they do? And it's not like, this is a full on person who isn't just, he's not pathetic. Like, yes, his story is sad, but like, I was like surprised by the fact that like, okay, <laughs> He has people who care about him. You know, he has so, like a caregiver who who cares about him. He has people who are trying to bring him out of this. But what they don't understand is like what he's gone through. So I like that he was an academic. I like that he was um like he laughed a few times and played some jokes on people. I like that when his daughter mm-hmm. did little mischievous things, even though we're <laughs> going to get to her, I think she was just a little too nasty for me personally. But yeah, no I matter what, it. he was like, she's funny. She's smart. Like, I see it in her. <laughs> I see it in her. And, like, a lot of people wanted him to get better. That's the thing. It's not like, oh, he's just a loser that nobody cares about and nobody checks on. And he's just in this apartment by himself. No, he had his best friend slash caregiver. His ex-wife even was like, come on. His daughter said, come on. The religious guy who were coming in, come on. The pizza guy, even though that bet, that went left, he checked on him. So I just feel like that's a more realistic like way that things will go. And in, in especially in these days, you know, I don't know. And also just like thinking about the fact that this movie took place 
in like Idaho, I believe. I just think that like some some of us could be like, okay, is being uh, a gay person that bad? Is losing a loved one that bad to the point where you have to snowball into morbid obesity? I think it kind of reflects that like not everywhere in the world and not everywhere in the U.S. is is a safe space for people. And when safe spaces aren't created, it can also like lead to a lot of like identity crisis. It can lead to a lot of like depression and food was his drug. That's the thing. It was how he numbed his pain. It was how he hurt himself. It was how he really just, it was, it was like a drug, like to see him eating chicken or pizza or the cheese and jelly sandwich he made. It was like literally like mm, now I'm about to go in like I'm about to go and, and fiend out you know so it mm-hmm. it just was very deep with how like when he saw something that stressed him out he was like I'm going to eat the pain away but when he yep. like remember the, the three musketeers like when he when he was looking up congestive heart failure and he realized the level his blood pressures were at were like likely to lead to like a death. That freaked him out so much that he started eating real crazy. But then he yeah. saw a bird outside and that bird, I guess, grounded him, reminded him of life on the outside. I think that bird was a representation of his daughter in some type of way because mm-hmm. when he, he put it down when he thought about that. Yeah. And also he let his daughter be angry with him. So here's the thing. Yep. Charlie was in a relationship with a woman. He had a baby. And then... He was a teacher at a night school and apparently he had an affair with his student Um, and he it, he was outed for being gay and like his family, you know, didn't want anything to do with them anymore. And so he had this life for a second. He had this happy life with his partner, but because his partner was religious, they, um, you know, com- trigger warning and committed suicide or unalive themselves, right? And that left a hole in Charlie's heart, isolation from his family, but you don't you have to like get to know that over time. So that's where a lot of his pain and depression stems. It just hurts too bad. So his daughter is resentful of him because like it's like you left me to be with your lover and he never really he tells her that's not true, but he's like I'm not going to make you like me. Like that's okay. You have the right to feel how you feel, but what I will not allow you to do is let what I had to do make you hate yourself and to hate life and to think you're not worthy. You're like, that was his only focus. Like you can hate me. You call me whatever you want. I deserve it. Like be better, be happy. Don't, don't suffer because of me. Yep. And I like that too. And he was also like, like there was a, even though I thought it was so mean, there's a part in the movie where, cause his daughter was just like, she was just very nasty. And like, I was trying to, so I was texting Iman the whole time I was watching it. And like, you know how a character started out a certain way and you like, I'm going to give him a shot. So I was trying to do that. And I was like, I don't like this daughter. And the Iman was like, I, she's evil. And I'm like, damn, so she never changed. <laughs> so, um, that's when I got it. I'm like, oh, so I have a right to not like her. But, Towards um, the end of the movie, I guess she started to break a little bit because I guess that's just how bad, deep those daddy issues were hurting her. But it was yeah. getting to a point where it's like, you're doing crazy things, like drugging your dad. Like, you know he got a heart condition. You could have killed that man. And- exactly. And and also, um, taking pictures of him, like, um, and she was like, she's put it on Facebook and was like, 
when he's going to start a grease fire in hell. Um, and he was like, that's funny. <laughs> he was like, she wrote this? This is It's like whatever she did. And I started being like, oh, are you overcompensating? And the mom was like, she's evil. Like, it's something wrong with her. <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> she's not a good not, child. She was like, this is, she was like, this is not funny, Charlie. Like, it's not funny. She's like, she's difficult to deal with. And like, I never use this word often. Probably never before, but the way she was acting, like I said to myself, "Oh, you a real little twat, like you just a, <laughs> a little cunt, like you know what I mean." Like she was just yeah, like she, she was. was doing a little behavior. You like you're just a little bitch. You need to stop it. My mom called her yeah. a winch, and I'm like, that's another <laughs> good word. Like I feel like she's being a big winch. It's like stop it. And, like, I don't really talk about, you know, somebody that's 17-year-old like this, but I don't care how old you are. You shouldn't be evil. <laughs> like, am I crazy? She was real bad, y'all. Like, she was real bad. It was, like, it kept on spiraling to, like, just getting worse and worse. Like, she was just so bad. Like, taking a picture of... First of all, I would never take a picture... I don't like taking pictures of strangers, but he wasn't a stranger, but, like, taking a picture of somebody who's obese and they're saying they're gonna start a grease fire in hell is And it's your dad, by the way. And I also felt like... I know you feel like he abandoned you, but, like, I just feel like... I don't know. Maybe I'm saying this as a person who has grown up with my family, my parents, never felt like I was, like, abandoned... But I just feel like, I mean, dude, like he was gay. I feel like if my parent was like, you know, gay and middle America had to conform, felt the felt the love of their life, I will understand because actually I have always understood my parents' parents' imperfections as it related to their personal life or like romantic life. I've always understood that, you know, you being a good parent to me has nothing to do with who you love, what you decide to do. Like, I think that was a boundary that was probably set with my parents. Like this kind of isn't your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like who I date as it's like, as long as they're not around you or something like that, as long as nobody's hurting you, like this is kind of my personal choice. So like, yeah. I think I've been like, kind of like um, raised to understand that, but it was really hard for me not to get it. Like you Gen Z, how you don't get that your dad like was suffering. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I didn't, um, maybe it was, no, I'm trying to think. No, she still would have been Jizzy. Because it was supposed, so it was set in 2016. Okay, that's, I was. It was supposed to be set in 2009, but it was set in, it was, um, because I think the play was set in 2009, but it was set in, um, in 2016 so if they were still if the play if the daughter was like that in the play her being that age in 2009 because we were that age in 2009 her behavior i feel like would have made sense yeah in 2009 i think her behavior would have made a little sense because there wasn't this hyper awareness that like people are raised to believe that they have to be straight and they, there's no room for questioning so it's not really that odd if somebody gets to be like 34 and be like you know what actually this is not my this is not what i want i would be yeah. happier with this person but like now we understand like oh yeah you are allowed to do whatever you want and like whoever you want at any point but that was not a narrative that was like being talked about in 2009 
Yeah, and I feel like that's when, like, disrespecting your... I mean, not saying that people don't disrespect their parents now. I feel like, um, like, my generation was, like, definitely the head of, um, that... Yeah, especially... Like, uh, starting to disrespect older people. The white people. Especially the white people. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, it was... I was gonna oh, say sorry. you were mentioning that memeable moment, and I feel like we can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and then I'm like, huh? Because that was it's crazy. Because I saw that like on Twitter, people have already been memeing it <laughs> already. It was like, so you really don't under you really don't get at the end of the movie like if he dies or not, but he more than likely probably did. He did. And, I think he did. I'm gonna I'm vote for he did because his, his yeah, health was it, bad, y'all. It, it was, was to the point where bad. like, what could they have done for him? I feel like just exactly. getting him out this. He lived on the second floor of his unit, so I'm like, just getting yeah. him down would have caused he'd be having about to have a heart attack just going to the door. So I'm like, yeah, exactly. that. But I'm sorry. Please continue. He um. So he. It was this um. His daughter wrote something um. And he thought it was like the best thing he's ever written. Um, he and she, he wanted her him to, he wanted her to read the essay out loud to him so he can like calm down. She was reading it, and um, he goes. You just see a light flash, it flash, and you they zoom in on his toes, <laughs> and he goes, <gasps> and like the light flashes, <laughs> and it's just like very like so unserious it's like it zooms um, in on his his feet big swollen ankles and then he's yes. like lifted off the air like it's his yes toes and a point. twinkle in his eye and a like a flash of light and he like smiling and it's like and he goes like <laughs> and i'm just like that is just too <laughs> i didn't hear that noise oh i heard it <laughs> I think the toes was like, oh, my mom said, no, it, they didn't. No, they it, didn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't you, believe it. Because you know what? I did not want this story to be, po- let's poke fun of the fat guy. Like, I didn't want it to be, but they kind of, that kind of felt like that. Like, yeah, he, they could have just did his face. Like, to have his toes, like, go shoot up. Like, he got lifted off the ground. Because yeah, here's the thing. It was. It was like, he got lifted off the ground. But I guess, having like, he died. And it was like, whoop. And I'm just like, all right. Now, here's the thing. Brendan Fraser is, like, a bigger guy as far as yeah. frame is concerned. He's 6'3". So, to make a 6'3 person look 600 pounds is, like, it. that's what I thought they meant by the well. I had no idea that it was about... Because his daughter wrote this, uh, as like Sabrina said, this essay about Moby Dick, and he just really related to it. And I feel like it was just like a double, like, you know, entendre. meaning. Yeah, double entendre because he also was bigger. So it was like, oh, he, you think he's the well, but in reality, it's his relationship to that essay about Moby Dick, the well. Um, but I felt like uh, he, what, like the whoever did those prosthetics, oh my God, they did a crazy, that amazing job. That makeup team did Ooh. an amazing, amazing job. But to um, see, also, I was just going to oh, say, to see somebody done. that big lift up off the air, it was just like, come on now. I guess right? they were trying to say that like, death is so mighty, he was free, like lifted him up a little bit or something. Yeah, that makes sense. 
that makes sense but they definitely did a really good job with those um prosthetics and i know some people had an issue with saying like oh like they should have got an actual morbidly obese person do it but um brendan frazier was 350 pounds um during that role um that's one two not we gotta call a spade a spade it is definitely hard to find actors who are that big who that's who, one who would be i mean and if they would be doing everything needed showing up the set every day exactly they would literally have a congestive failure episode um congestive heart failure episode too the whole thing about like that type of 600 pound like that's ab- an abnormal amount of weight for the body to hold right and that is going to affect your health, period. So it was like being an actor, working, moving around. Like, I mean, it would have been really, really nice. But that that would have been really, really difficult. Like, even with Precious, like, they really, I, they, I, that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, well, if Lee Daniel can find, like, Gabrielle Sidibe, is it possible that, like, they could have found somebody? But I also feel like if you know anything about Brendan Fraser, you know that he has had like struggles with his weight especially when you play like georgia the jungle and everybody's like "Ooh, 90s body hottie but he's like i really almost hurt myself and he also hurt himself a lot doing like the different um uh stunts and stuff himself and then he also hurt got hurt when he wasn't believed when he was inappropriately touched and he when he accused somebody of sexually assaulting him and nobody believed him and he was blacklisted he got depressed and gained weight so it's like not everybody just plays plays uh fat to get an oscar believe it or not some people actually have struggles with their weight and the journey means something different also saw feedback about him being like one of the third actors to like get an oscar for playing gay and that that feedback, I think, you know, is definitely relevant. But at the same time, it's like he wasn't like, I don't want to say he wasn't like um, sexual or it's just like his, I, I, I think that nothing about the story would have been different had his partner been a woman. Yeah, I had no idea that because I read a lot about it, but I didn't, I had no idea that was um in the movie i just was like oh like i had no idea that he was um that he was gay i feel like um i mean i didn't see the play but to me it seemed like he just fell like he fell in love with his student so in my mind i'm thinking that and again his student was of age um i felt like he just probably loved him because he loved academics so much Mm -hmm. like him in words, so that's what I was trying to think. And was also, he bi? I, yeah, so that could be a thing as well. Um, this I guess up to everybody's interpretation, but um, but yeah, there was um, what's eating Gilbert's grape? What's eating Gilbert grape? The actress in it, she was five hundred pounds, but um, she definitely had complications. Um. So yeah, I mean it's possible, but it's like, you very know, very difficult. Yeah, it's definitely um, 
very difficult. And also, like, um, they really might have wanted the prosthetics t- person to be able to do their work and transform a person like that, too. I feel like sometimes there's no space for, like... Like, I, I understand for certain reasons why it's like, oh, that's off limits. Like, especially as it... Like, what Jared Leto did, um, like, playing the role of a trans woman. I feel like, ooh, now, come on. Like, that's not that's a transformation that you should be doing as a cis man. Like you just should not be doing that. That's something you just, I'm sorry, you can't explore. But I feel like when it comes to like changing appearances of body, as far as shape is concerned, like maybe I'll learn differently one day, but I feel like that should be able to be explored because you start to limit like artists too. When you start getting so touchy, like I'm just happy. I think we're going back to the era of people are like being like, you know what? This is the hill I'm going to die on. I want to do this. And I'm going to do it because it was a good movie. Now, will, I feel like, will I watch it again? Probably no. Um, I feel like I understood not. the story and it's done. But it was definitely something I'm happy I got a chance to watch. Yeah, it drank me mm-hmm. um, after that. Same. It drank me. Same, same, same. Um. All right, so let's get into the sunken place, shall we? Let's go. Let's dip in. All right. So something I hate. Oh my God. I I don't know why people always do this to me. They do it to Sabrina too. I think it's because we are people who are just like very optimistic. It's like when you share what you're going to do or what you're going to work on and people start trying to tell you every reason why it won't work or all the bad things are going to come out. Like you start going, you're like, I'm excited to graduate middle school to go to high school. And they're like, "Hmm, high school different. High school, not the same as middle school. It's like, well, I actually don't really have any fucking choice about going. So it's like, it doesn't really matter if it is or not. Like, so it's like, what are you telling me this for? Like, what, why do you like to make things difficult? You tell people you're going from high school to college <laughs> and college ain't going to be on you. Like they be, you know, like they are on high school. It's a different world. You have to study real hard. It's like, do you think I'm like incapable of doing that? If you say you yeah. get in a car, people are like, you want to get an oil change for a car. Hmm. You want to have to, <laughs> you want to put money out every month to get a car. It's like, that's the fucking deal. Yeah. I, I kind of picked that up. Like you're not saying nothing that like, one, it's just not already known Two, like a simple Google won't tell me. Like if you do something new, you're probably going to Google it. You're probably going to be like, how like you know pros and cons of having a car and so okay i'm gonna have to get gas i'm gonna have to get insurance i'm gonna have to do maintenance you know it's a possibility that get into a car accident like these are some of the things that'll happen if i have a car i think that that's not a reason for me not to get it if i want one like people drive every fucking day so it's like why would i not like i just hate it Especially as I've been thinking about the like home ownership journey, people, if you think about marriage, like if you think about all those quote unquote next steps for some of us, it's like people always got to tell you what's to come, what's sad about it. Like, can we talk about what's happy about home ownership? Like, here's I, I've yeah. been, I went through so many things that people tried to scare me about, and it was just classic challenges. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it be. It be classic. classic challenges. It be the classics that come with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's like, of course, if you own a home, you have to, if the pipes leak, you have to fix it. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know that, like, my parents, oh, like, sorry, my parents own their house. So I know that from seeing my parents having to fix stuff. I'm like, okay. 
um yeah if you have <laughs> lights you're gonna have to pay those bills like you know people are always trying to make it seem like you're incapable with stuff and it's because they don't know how to deal i feel like and i think that so some people do be dealing but i think they be making it worse than what it is you know what i mean like it's, and, it's just sorry mm-hmm. i Go feel ahead. really passionate about this but i feel like some people be trying to make being incapable um a personality trait yeah, but my whole like, thing, not incapable the struggle they like like they the love struggling they love they struggling like, you going when you had to pay like because i don't have like big bills because i still live with my parents and people will try to make it seem like oh like when i finally buy my own home that i'm going to be like fluster but i'm like it's common sense that you have to pay like to me it's common sense if the bill is due you gotta pay it like and what i'm just, gonna do and you'll just rise to the occasion people always act like that's it, not a that's the option like i remember when i first got to college and i quickly realized what i did in high school will not be enough in college i'm gonna have to do more and so i started to change my ways but th- that's called growth that's how you grow. That's how you level up. And I just be like asking, I literally ask people sometimes, like, for example, I was talking about a house and they was like, check them pipes. People be acting like the pipes be busting every day and you just have to go like patch them up like a game or some shit. There's like, check the You do not want a pipe. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now my mom has owned both her homes, right? Knock on wood. We have never had no, I guess we've had a leak. Our ceiling was leaking before, but we've never had like, oh God, our house is flooded. Actually, no single person that I know has had that happen to them. The only person I know whose shit got flooded, they lived in an apartment building. So again, I do understand that it's possible, but like, can we put in the forefront of like what actually happens for the most, like, like people like to just focus on the like worst possible things that happen. So I was like, so I literally asked a person recently, so do you suggest I not get a home to avoid pipe pipe (laughs) issues? They're like, no, no, no. No, just get this and uh, I'm exactly so just stop fucking talking about it because you're making it like I'm I'm not supposed to get it done like am I supposed to live in my mom's house forever like is that supposed to be me my whole family my kids because so I can avoid that's life that's life everything that happens you figure it out exactly it don't be that like detrimental like it's so annoying when people act like it's like life altering like you can't get i mean things happen and it can be life altering but you move like it's okay like you know sometimes you stumble you fall but you get right back up but yeah i hate when people do stuff like that um when thinking like oh my it's going to be because like for instance for me i i anybody that knows me knows my ultimate goal is to move to um california like that's where i see me living out the rest of my life um where i feel like i want to raise my kids is los angeles um not the city but in california and people will be like oh it's expensive it's going i know that i know that i'm not thinking that i can go over there and live in an apartment for three dollars a month like i don't think that like so there's things that i'm doing where i'm like there's ways i'm like okay i'm gonna get there like i understand and also like no shade when i was 18 i literally moved to new york and i didn't know anybody besides people i had met on facebook um and i and even though it was two hours away i still was 18 years old and i was on my own like for real 
So I'm like, uh, I can do, like, I literally learned the city of New York at 18 on my own. And it's to the point where I can go there now and I can just go roam free. Like, I know where I'm going. Yeah. I feel com- as comfortable as I do at home in Philly as I do in New York. So I'm like, I figured it out. Yeah. And also, like, maybe people need to start understanding. Maybe some of us is not are not like you. Like, maybe some of exactly. us can't handle Because it's like, I feel like that is, like, the, the average person may not be able to go move to New York understand it navigate it comfortably but it's like it just it's like why do you want me to be afraid like why do you want me to turn into you you know like why do you want me to turn into being afraid and it's just like scare people scares but it's just like it's never going to affect me but I'm not going to lie it's annoying. It is very annoying especially as you get older and you've proven to everybody like no shade what about me or my life makes you feel like I ain't got it you know and they still want, it's like the more people see you achieving, it's like the more they want to scare you to make sure you don't go any further because that's yeah. discomforting for them. And I'm just like, yeah, I just, I, I don't like that. Exactly. And I think it annoys me too. Cause I feel like I'm a very capable person. And when I put my mind to it, I know that I can figure something out. So it's just frustrating when people don't see you, how you see yourself. Um, that's like one of my biggest frustrations. Me too. And I also feel like when you're like a threat to me, like if you are trying to like mess with my confidence and how I see myself and what I think I'm capable of, I feel like you are a threat to me and I don't like to, I don't really want to deal with you. So here's the thing. If y'all feel like people, if you want to do something, I don't care how big or how small, don't let people scare you. And if you are somebody who tends to look on the negative, keep that shit to yourself. People don't want to hear it. They don't. You're not helping nobody. Like, if you feel like 80% of what you're sharing with somebody is fear-mongering, like, zoom out and be like, is it really this bad? Because I guess sometimes things really are that bad, right? Like, say somebody about to go on a date with somebody that you know is a known, like, abuser, a known, like, assaulter, a known robber to make them. Yeah. Come on. That calls for fair. But if it's a house or a car and you're struggling to pay your car note, that is no reason to discourage somebody else. Cause they may not have the same pockets as you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So In conclusion, shut up, shut the hell up. <laughs> yes. Shut the hell up. Leave me alone. All right. So, I'm sorry. I just got distracted. It says a a headline popped up and says, Joey Badass clarifies his relationship status with Soraya. Who's that? I think that girl from Empire. Mm, Okay. Well, I'm definitely curious about that. I'll be going down that rabbit hole after the show. Oh yeah. I saw that on the Black Girl Brunch email. Yep. (laughs) From Exo Nicole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So common senses, all right. So where you wanna you wanna give people the download? So common senses. So we're gonna be talking about um letting the act of letting go people who are disservice to you. Um and not feeling guilty about letting anybody go that makes you feel any harm or 
makes you feel like who makes you feel guilty for wanting to live your best life or making you feel guilty for like wanting to just be happy um i know it's a like a huge um thing sometimes when like in relationships like friendships romantic relationships or anything like that that some people feel scared to let um certain people go because they feel one responsible for their be for their mood um they feel responsible for keeping the other person safe even if that harms them um and also um i know a lot of people especially i feel like it's very much um a millennial thing and um like we joke about stuff like i know i i say jokes about like something simple as like oh i don't want to like for instance an example um i get the same drink at starbucks i went to this one starbucks the second two times in a row they have made the drink not correctly it's not it's not even the same drink but me i feel guilty for speaking up to say oh this is not the right drink like i feel like in my mind i'm listing off these things like oh they they make minimal wage they're overworked they're over they're understaffed (laughs) so like i and i can make my own coffee and they're making so i'm just going to take this and i'm just going to be miserable like i'm just or i'm just going to waste a drink like because i don't want to inconvenience this person so learning how to like stand up for yourself and be like just be I want to live a certain way or I want my drink a certain way. And I, if I feel like if it's something as simple as that, because I feel like those little things are branch, they branch off the bigger things because how I felt about that drink is I noticed in bigger relationships and stuff, sometimes I have had those same behaviors yep, where same. like I'll start listing off the things like, oh, I don't want to say this because this person, this and blah, 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 they're going through this, they're going through that. So I'm just going to internalize this because I I know I can handle it mm-hmm. um and they can so it's like little stuff like that really branches out into big things and I've noticed that um uh, I feel like I'm going on tie right now but I noticed I'm gonna say but I really grasped the concept <laughs> but yeah I noticed that I feel like when I say that it's like a millennial thing or like even gen z gen, the gen z thing because our generations are more sensitive and we're more tuned into like how the like the effects of capitalism and like how things affect people emotionally and like behavior wise and we're more aware of like mental health and like um mental disorders personality disorders mood disorders like we are more in tune to those things and with that i feel like we sometimes um take on things that can be harmful to us for the sake of not wanting to be the bad guy Mm -hmm. um in simpler terms so if you feel like um like for me um a lot of like i just well i i realized um and my therapist told me with major depression what i was diagnosed with in ptsd there the the traits of those you feel um guilty for a lot of things and for me sometimes i feel guilty because i have a really strong support system where it's not that big but i know that like i can count on iman and like i have my parents who support me a lot um and sometimes I feel like 
I have to take certain like um abuse to lack of a better word um from certain people in certain situations because I'm like oh I can handle this I can bounce back from it because I have a great support system because I'm a confident person because um I don't internalize everything and I know that I'm a good person so I'm like oh I can handle this I can handle this like so I'll just keep on taking 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 but even though I feel like I don't internalize it, sometimes you do. You do because you're human and we are constantly yeah, internalizing. Exactly. So even if you are not like, you feel like mentally you're not internalizing, your body could be internalizing. You might act a certain way to certain situations because like you are internalizing it. Um, And for me, like my whole thing this year is that I'm not, going to well first of all a good quote and like I know I always say it Ima always says it like don't bleed on people that didn't cut you and like I'm not gonna let people bleed on me yeah Um, period that is my thing this year um I'm going to stand up um and stand firm in my boundaries and it's not my fault I realize it's not my fault that I have the support system I do. I'm always grateful to my support system. I understand that everybody does not have that privilege that I have. I'm very grateful. I'm very humble. And I don't feel like I should. And I don't feel like I should be a martyr for certain situations just because I have this support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just thinking like it is what it is and a lot of like I realize a lot of my community as well outside of like my parents or outside of even my like I worked hard to maintain those friendships I work hard to even get those friendships because I have been able to get the community that I have because I've done so much work on myself and these people that are just amazing flock to me Mm-hmm. and and they flock to me and want to be around me because I have done a lot of work period um so um I just like I think the whole like main point of this um, common sense is, is that I really want other people to you know stand up for themselves and not because it's not just me because I was talking to another friend about it who's saying they felt responsible for somebody else's emotions and I'm like you are not especially like if they're not your child like you are not responsible for other people's emotions like even your partner like you are not responsible for their emotions um because sometimes it can be too heavy for you and you can be going through something else I mean you can be going through something yourself and it's like on the, the shoe was on the other foot you know, would they do that? And you shouldn't want people to be responsible for, oh, I have to make sure so-and-so is happy today because blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that's not fair. And I not feel like it's, it's it's not fair at all. It's no really human not. could do that for another human. No human could exactly. just like, you know, you can support each other. You can be, consider each other's feelings as much as possible because I feel like some people take things too far left where they never care about anyone's feelings. They always put themselves first. And I feel like, yeah. Boundaries. I never forget this one quote that said, Boundaries are bridges, not fences. Like mm-hmm. boundaries are not put in place to keep excuse me, to keep people out your life, to make it more complicated to be your friend. Boundaries mm-hmm. are put in place because we all have moments where we can't give, 
where we need certain things, um, where our trauma comes up and we're just like, oh, I can't do this. So it's like in order for us to have a relationship together, here's what I can't do and here's what you can't do. And I feel like when people respect your boundaries, they say, you know what? Sabria, I know, for example, just say this was something you want. Sabria, I know you don't like to be around alcohol, so I don't drink in front of you because that is now, or we're not going to go out to drink together because that is an important thing to be in your friend. Like if you have a friend that is sober, right? I'm not going to offer you this because I know that this is a rule to help to, to keep you safe, to keep you happy, to keep you healthy. And I'm going to honor that boundary, even if... When we used to go out for drinks, it was very fun to me. You know, like this is not about me. It's about like what you need right now. Or like with me right now, it's like going out. That's a big thing that I I don't always have the energy for. I want to go out all the time, but I'm tired all the time. And so I feel like if you're going to be friends with me right now, you have to understand you ain't going to see me often. And if you do see me often, you're not going to see me uh, at a bar or a club. I'm done. I am done. Now, me and Sabria or me and my girlfriends go travel. Uh, Of course, let's go to a lounge. Let's hit up a bar in a new city. That feels exciting. This is what we're here for. But in this city, with this violence and with this exhaustion, no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. And I used to. I used to do this from college up until maybe like when the pandemic happened. I would go out, but I would feel so isolated and lonely. And I'm like, nobody knows this is how I feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter if I'm talking to a guy. Like, you know, of course I have fun sometimes if I'm dancing, but I ultimately always hate being out. I don't really get what I'm looking for. I don't really connect with the type of people that I want to connect with. And I just did it because I'm like, all right, cool. Like I want to spend time with my friends. Sometimes I just want to go out myself. I felt like I had to go out to meet a partner. I felt like I had to go out to be enjoying my youth. But now I'm at a point where I'm just like, I literally cannot do the things that I don't want to do anymore. Like I'm done. Like I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I just didn't. And like, even with me and Sabria, like we just, our 10th high school um, reunion just happened and neither one of us wanted to go and we didn't. We were the president and vice president of the school. So you would think that like we would be the hypest people to go, but I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be there. I didn't feel like it. I wanted to be home, rubbing my feet together, watching the well. And that's what I did. So it's just like, we literally did the same thing. And I also had like pizza or something. Like it was great. Like that's what I find joy in right now. So I I just don't feel like, so here's the thing. I want to say I don't feel bad about it, but I do feel bad about it. I'm just working on not feeling bad about it. And I've been unpacking like why do I feel bad about it? And I'm like, it's just because I've been so used to feeling like it's my responsibility to maintain relationships. Like I am the glue. That's how I felt. Like I'm the glue. And I'm like, I don't know if that was me inflating my role in my friendships and my relationships, or if I really am the glue, but the bottom line is I can't be the glue. Like we need to be magnets. (laughs) We need to like connect and, and be strong for each other, but one singular person can't be the glue. So it's like, I've decided that like, I might be putting pressure on myself that people don't even want from me, one. And then two, I know there are some folks who might feel like, okay, you acting different, you acting funny, blah, blah, blah. But I'm at the end of the day, like, my desire for what I want is so deep that I actually 
am okay. Like I'm getting through the discomfort. Like I don't feel a need to like go like, like outside of this podcast, but like to explain to people, it's just like, I have a right. I'm 30 years old. I work a lot and I'm tired. We focus. It's just, it's beginning to be like too much. It's beginning to be a little too much. And also what I noticed, some relationships maintain themselves. Like some people understand that, you know, I'm just, I'm a friend that we want to like link up once every like so often, whatever. Um, and everything is going to be cool. Cause like, I'm somebody like that. Like I know for some people, I'm that friend that they link up with like once in a blue moon and that's fine. And I'm definitely okay with that. All love over Um, here. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, um, just like, again, um, the boundaries and just sorting everything out and realize that the big thing is like you are not responsible for other people's happiness. And it's not like trying not to feel selfish about that because like you will really harm yourself trying to do it all this because maintaining like. your own mood is like a lot. Yeah. Like listen to whatever your gut say. Cause that's another thing. Like, <sighs> Emotions be so crazy. Somebody will do something to you and then you will feel like you have to forgive them. Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to forgive them? Like, why do you? I think it's because many of us love the label of being kind. We love the label of being nice and understanding yes. and graceful. Like that. And it's like that God complex in a sense. Like, I'm godly. I'm like ever so graceful. I just put up with anything and everything. But it's like the more you start to really think about that, it's like, again, it's not the flex that you think it is. Like there needs to be some rules to hanging out with you. <laughs> like it needs to be, yeah, not to be completely strict. Bad. But if, yeah, if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know what you stand for, what you're, what you're willing to accept, what you're not willing to accept, you, that's, that's the gateway to accepting anything, everything, ending up in weird situations, like, all of that. And I'm the type of person that's like, I am very safe. Like there's been jokes between me and Sabria about us being strict and it's the truth. It's the strict. We're very strict. I said, it's the strict. We're very strict. Um, we're all about safety. We're all about like, you know, peace. And like, I think when you, you say that it sounds like a gag. No, it's, it's for real. It's very much for real. Like everything's about peace and safety and like calm. And if I sense anything against that, like I can love you and still just be like, I choose peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at now. I have to realize that like, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like at all. I don't like feeling uncomfortable. I don't like just feeling stressed out or I don't feel like I don't want to feel like I got to be like you know Lady Gaga was like bus another club another club like that's not me and I'm somebody that I love fun I want to be outside I want to do stuff like like one day like zip lining and all that stuff like that but I still want like for instance if I'm going to do something zip lining I'm going to zip line and then we're going to go out to dinner like I don't need to go like you know to I'm not a club person um, so I want to be around people, um, that respect that because I do get comfortable. And also like Iman said, I, it was like that lonely feeling. Um, and once I said that out loud, like, oh, I'm not this, like without feeling bad, like I'm not this type of person. Um, you know, it, uh, it started to feel like naming the stuff that I want to do. 
Yeah, and it's or like the am stuff I that I it? want to be around. Yeah, like I'm your wellness friend. That's who I am. I'm your friend that you're going to walk with. I'm your friend that you go grab a smoothie with. I'm your friend that you go grab dinner with. I'm your friend that you have a manifestation session with at a cafe. I'm your friend that we have a movie night in the house. I am not your, we're going to go to Miami and we're going to have a time friend. And it's okay. You can have her, but like, I'm just, I'm just not that. And I don't want to also make anybody else feel restricted in the friendship. So it's like, do you, do you, because it's not that I'm judging I'm only judging if I'm in the room because I don't want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. Like, you know, lean into people into the relationships to make you happy and don't be upset about it. Like it's a, it's a part of life. It's not easy, especially um, if, if you, if you value your relationships, you never want to upset people in your life. And it's never as easy as it sounds. Like, let's just name that. Like it's never as easy as it sounds. Like this is, these are years of rough lessons. I think we're both sharing right now. Like this is years of just doing what we didn't want to do. Like maintaining things for the sake of being a good person and just realizing that it's just it's not sustainable it's really 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 not sustainable um and another thing i want to mention is like like you were saying not every friendship has to be maintained i think that was a very important part like there are some friendships that you literally can go months without talking and y'all all on the same type of time and that's those are my favorite friendships the friendships where it's just like you you can just go through your shit They'll check on you. They make sure you're okay. Maybe invite you out to lunch and dinner. But it's like that, that, like at this, that simultaneous understanding of where we are in life. Like when all you, when you're fortunate for all your friends to grow at the same rate, like that's a, that's really a blessing. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So that's it. That's the show. Um, maintain those boundaries. We love y'all. Make sure you hit us up on the socials. You can find us on Instagram at Black Girl Brunch, on Twitter, BLK Girl Brunch, on Patreon, y'all. Remember, pay as you wish. We got some special content coming up soon. So make sure yes. you hit us on Patreon at Black Girl Brunch. You can find the link in our bios on all the socials. Um, make sure you email us. We have some listener letters, y'all. We're sorry. We're going to get back. We're going to get to them. We've had some amazing like letters, but we've just been like, oh, burning the midnight oil working. Um, And then you can follow me on Instagram at Imam Matei. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Matei and Sabria. And you can follow me at It's Frank and Femme on Instagram and Frank and Femme underscore um, on Twitter and on TikTok as well. Oh, yeah, y'all can follow me on email. I'm going to tell you TikTok. I got to get used to saying that one. Um, yeah, same. Also, thank y'all so much for um, subscribing to our Patreon because that helps us pay for this podcast. Yeah. Thank y'all so much. Yes, we really, we really appreciate it. Like, so much love. Thanks to our patrons. Um, and let us know how y'all want, what, what business y'all want of ours. Let us know. So, (laughs) all right, y'all, that's it. That's the show. Bye.